Welcome to Running on Purpose, a weekly podcast dedicated to training the body, the mind, and the soul for what the race requires. My name is Steve Sisson, and I will be your host. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Running on Purpose. I'm here again with Kristen. Hello, Kristen. Hi. Good Hi. to see you. I'm waving at you. <laughs> Um, so we are on episode number 12, and this is part two of On Your Why, Creating a Running Purpose. Last week, we went through um, why it's important to have a, a running purpose. So first of all, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, we're going to rush through these really quickly because there's another 45 minutes that you can listen to in more depth on this topic, obviously. So what we covered last week, just to give a quick recap is why your why is important. And we talked in t- about intrinsic versus entri- extrinsic reasons for your running why and why the intrinsic is the only one that will really hold water and that will stick. We go into a good bit about that. Um, then we talk about what steps you need to take initially to get started. We outlined some brainstorming techniques. I suggested map making, I mean, mind mapping. There's also clustering. Any other brainstorming techniques that work for you, feel free to utilize. You're basically just taking these concepts, this, this, these ideas, and what you might think about from the perspective of your why and why you run and getting them down on paper. We talked about taking your time and making sure that you gave adequate amount of space. We'll discuss that more and more in this episode as that's kind of an ongoing theme throughout the entire discussion of this topic. Um, and then we asked you to basically sit down and write a letter to running and that it should discuss, um, basically your relationship to running and discuss it from the perspective of relationship. I suggested and asked for folks to send me potential letters to running and I had two people send me them to me and both of them, the, one of the major critiques I had for it was just that it was a letter about running, not a letter to running. And I highly recommend that your letter to running be a letter to it, where you actually say, dear running, X, Y, and Z, because that's where the real nitty gritty, that's where the real um, relationship comes out. So also, what challenges might be there? You don't want to just write this letter from the perspective of um, shiny, happy people and sunshines and rainbows. You also want to talk about the things that aren't so great about it, the things that make the work, the, the letter to running, the relationship deeper. Um, so your challenges and the gifts. And then finally, one thing that I think that's really important for people to get into, and this is another critique of uh, the two letters that I saw, are just that they didn't really go as deep or expand as much as I was hoping to see from the perspective of their emotions and feelings. I think that so many people feel like no one wants to hear that, or maybe they're not thinking through it. Um, One of the letters was really great because the individual who wrote it gave some real tactile details about their experience, but I wanted to know what that made them feel like and maybe what maybe running felt like from them. So I, I highly suggest that you, you, you really don't shy away from the emotions and feelings that come out with that. So those are the first things you want to do with your letter to running. And I think that's basically where we stopped last week. We, uh, we talked about the, the things that you needed to do with it. So this week we want to jump right in and um, kind of maybe pull in a little bit more of that about the letter to running and just this idea of um, threads. So the brainstorming activity, the letter to running, 
and all the different threads that have come out from this experience of writing words down on a piece of paper, typing that out, however you're getting that information out, and um, start pulling out and pulling on these threads to see which ones are the strongest and to maybe see which ones have the most depth uh, or that you might be able to expand on or that you'll be able to go deeper into. Um, and then, you know, just hold these threads and run with them for a few weeks. How do they braid into other aspects of your running? So are they compatible with your goals? Do they hold up under failure? Do they hold up under success? How do they handle when you start to hurt and when you really start suffering? How do they function when you think about them in relation to people that you're training with? Do they falter if you had to mention it to somebody? Or is there some experience of your running with other people that change this running why? What about how that gets played out in the in your training log where everyone in the world can see it on Strava? Does Do these threads hold up under that kind of scrutiny? What about what the numbers on your Geekometer are telling you? Do they does it hold up there? You want to think about all the different aspects. And that's just the running side. There's also how does it hold up and fit in with the rest of your life, with your work, with your family, with your dreams and goals, with um, any of the other hobbies that you might have. So I like to use this quote um, that is from the great Terrence McKenna. Um, and he says, if it's real, it can take the pressure. So you want to be sure that these threads that you're using are real and that you have the time to subject these threads to some of that pressure, the pressure of might, what might be going on um, from a training perspective. So, so that's all the stuff that you want to have ready to go when you start to think about actually sitting down and writing out your statement of purpose. We got our brainstorming. We've got all that mapped out, written out. We've got um, our letter to running, that's a separate document that you feel really good about. So you want to take both of these and then any additions that you've gotten from these weeks that you've spent to kind of think about it and to test it under the pressure cooker of your life and your training and all the other aspects I just talked about. So now we're going to create that statement, that purpose statement. So I'm going to call this statement of purpose 1.0. So this is how you're going to get your first bit. This is basically going to go through three iterations, Okay. Statement of Purpose 1.0, Statement of Purpose 2.0, and Statement of Purpose 3.0. If you want to add the point numbers to go down there as much as you want to, you're welcome to. But for Statement of Purpose 1.0, we want to take the tested threads, and then you want to start to weave them into a statement. So the first thing I recommend you do is you take all the threads, all the stuff that you got from the brainstorming activity, and then you take the letter itself, that you wrote to running and copy and paste them into a separate document. Title that document, Statement of Purpose 1.0. And then you've got a pretty thick, long document. What you wanna do is then go over it and add to it, subtract from it, expand it, deepen it, do whatever you need to do. Get them into a list or a series of paragraphs or any way that actually works for you. You can use an outline format, you can use bullet points, you can use straight up paragraphs where you've written things out. You can write it in a poetic metered form if you want to. So in any way that this gets you excited and motivated and you feel creative, we want to get those creative juices flowing and get you into a space where you're feeling it 
and you're maybe moving outside of just the strict brainstorming activities and the strict letter to running, and now we're kind of putting it all into a place. So list, series of paragraphs, however you want to formulate that. And then what you want to do is go through this with a, with a, with a pretty tough editor, okay? Editing it yourself. You want to go through and look for redundancies, duplicates. A lot of times what we'll find in this process is that you'll use the same concept and you'll write it down in like four different ways, but it's still the same fucking concept. There's nothing wrong with that. That's part of the creative process. But what you want to do is test those and find one of those that really works, one that's most resonant. Maybe you can combine the two into an extended, maybe something that's a little bit more extended or it deepens that concept or expands that concept. But you want to do it so you can find the best version of it that that really holds on to that feeling, that holds on to those emotions and really sparks some creativity, However, for, whatever format that is lock it down, okay? So now that you've gone through with a pretty strict editing and you've cleaned it all up, you're still going to have a pretty big and pretty dynamic document. That's okay. It doesn't have to be perfect. The next step is really important. You want to tidy this thing up, okay? And I want you to consider Statement of Purpose 1.0 as being its own project. Consider it that it's its own thing and that it's going to be something you're going to turn in as its own so that you can tidy it up, clean it up, look through all your spelling errors, look through your typographical errors, do everything else. Make it as beautiful as it can be. It can be, have a lot of stuff in there, but you want to make it as um, clean and as useful and as grammatically correct as you possibly can, as if you were going to turn it in as an assignment, all right? And then I want you to walk away. It needs time to breathe. And you need time to start to think more about that, and you need to give it that time. All right? So end statement of purpose 1.0. Let it sit for a few weeks, a week, two, a month, whatever you need, okay? Just step away from it and leave it alone. It's a good document right there as it is. So then the next step is going through your statement of purpose 2.0. So a couple weeks later, you're going to take out that statement of purpose 1.0 and read it. Again, look for more redundancies. Sometimes with another with a with a, with the with the factor of time and a little bit of time distance, you're able to see that maybe there were some more um, things that were the same, um, and that maybe, but perhaps there's things that you don't feel that stood up to pressure over the last month of training or last few weeks of training, and that maybe there's something that you can pull out of there. Maybe there's things that came up in the week in that time frame that feel really really important and called out to be included. So what we're doing here is we're just giving you an extended period of time to allow this thing to gain some more depth and or to cut it up and, and get it cleaner. All right. So now you're taking that recently edited list or paragraphs, however you needed them, and you're going to edit them mercilessly. I mean, you need to be the best editor you can possibly be. Get them down, whatever that amount of stuff is, Whatever that amount of content is, you need to get this down to one or two paragraphs. Three at the absolute limit, okay? Cut this sucker back. Now, for some of you, you perhaps don't even have that much material. Um, hopefully, you do. Hopefully, the brainstorming and then hopefully the letter to running and then this time of going through Statement of Purpose 1.0 has really given you some deep and um, some deep feelings and some good content there. Um, if it didn't, well, then you're probably going to be 
it's going to be easier for you. But whatever you do, really edit this thing down and get it to one to two, hopefully paragraphs, maybe three at the absolute most. Okay, so then what do you do? Now, read it out loud. Read that two parag one, two, three paragraph statement of purpose 2.0 out loud. Immediately, you'll start to either get excited or you'll start to shrink back. People have different experiences of this. How many times people read their own words out loud and it changes really a lot. I've been um, doing, I've done this recently with some significant, some work that I've been doing. And when I had content that I had spent a lot of time having written, when I read it out loud, sometimes it just bloomed and turned into so much more impactful and maybe brought out some other things. And there were other scenarios where I was like, Ugh, that sounds terrible. And I would like to change it because it doesn't, it doesn't come out quite right. Or it's confused or it doesn't get to the point, whatever the case may be. Reading out loud is such a great tool for finding the right cadence, the right rhythm, and the right content for your statement of purpose 2.0. So you read it out loud. What does it feel like? Does it feel alive or does it feel dead? If it feels alive, you're in a really good spot, okay? Here's some things to be thinking about. Here's what you want to be listening for. Listen for the commonality. What's all in this thing that's in common, okay? Listen to the poetry. Is there poetry in there? Are there aspects to this statement of purpose that are florid and descriptive and um, maybe don't fit a real technical scientific language, but yet it makes you feel some things? You're looking for some poetry. You're looking for commonality, something that people can connect to and feel. But even if you do have poetry, you want to make sure you have practicality. Is this going to hold up during a race? So you've got you know three things that are really important. Commonality, is this something that is, is common for other people? Because believe me, it's unique already because you wrote it. <laughs> you know, We want to look for some commonality because this is what will make it resonate not just with you but across other people. Is there poetry in there? Is there some magic? Is there some word magic that gets you excited? Is there still practicality in there as well? You want to be testing it from those three perspectives. These are the three things that, in my opinion, that make an idea or a concept like this universal and powerful. It's got both the magical and the mundane. So it's got the things that make you get goosebumps and excited, but it also has, yeah, this is every day. Because you're going to be dealing with a statement of purpose every day. It's deeply moving and inspiring, but somehow it's grounded in the muck and the mess of everyday life. This is what you want that statement of purpose to be. And this is how you take those brainstorming ideas, that letter to running, and you're now turning it into this living document that can be really impactful and really effective when you need it to be at the really tough times. So here's an important part. This is, um, I've waited to this point in time to really discuss this because if I talked about it from the outset, I think people might have walked away and not wanted to do it. But this document needs to have been created in a space of vulnerability, okay? I'd like to say this. This is something that perhaps you would be, that you probably would be afraid to share with others for fear of rejection or that they might think you stupid or they might think that it doesn't, that it's, that it's not a, 
that it's too much, whatever the case is, that's normal. Okay. That's natural that the experience of writing this, um, and maybe reading it out loud creates a space of vulnerability, um, that kind of creates fear. But I'm telling you, as the statement grows in power by this point in time at 2.0, you should be starting to feel its utility. And that utility, the fact that your statement of purpose came from a vulnerable place is true to you and your experience of your relationship with running. That is used, going to be useful to you on race day. And taking something from a vulnerable place and being able to prove how useful it is in the real world, how it can actually hold up to the pressure like I talked about before, then you'll want to shout this eventually from the rooftops and tell everyone how you now know your why from running. Now, I know some of you won't want to stand up on a rooftop literally and do this, but it's something that after you've gotten to this point where you've gotten into 2.0, hopefully you've gone through that experience of vulnerability, you've moved into the place where you feel its utility, and you're able to feel really strong about it. That is something you could share with others. So now you want to take that statement of purpose 2.0 and try to take um, that longer version that you have, okay? This version that is, you know, one to two paragraphs, even three paragraphs perhaps. And now we want to turn it into a one to two sentence statement of purpose. This is statement of purpose 3.0. Maybe you could call this the greatest hits, right? The greatest hits from that or maybe it's the clearest, cleanest drink from the stream of the words that you created. It's this distillation of those paragraphs into something stronger. This is harder. It's much harder to get your statement of purpose 3.0, but it's worth it. You want to get to the essential. You know, I've recently done a statement of purpose, and in that, I did this process, and it took me a long time to get to this two to three paragraph. And in my experience, I found that I couldn't really get it down to a one sentence, two sentence statement of purpose in the construct that I had created. So I, another option is to completely reformulate the whole thing into different worlds to get at it from a different angle. So you could just shift now that you've gotten this really good two to three, two paragraph version of it. You could then say, okay, I'm not going to tear it up, but I'm just going to move, aside, move it aside and not glean any of the words out of that paragraph portion. I'm just going to take a different point of view and say, I can only articulate this statement of purpose in one sentence. What would it be? And it may not be a distillation. It may be something completely new. It may be a crystalline new formation that came out of this entire experience. Be open to that. This process of going from 2.0 to 3.0, it could take months or years. I suggest you get started right away. But if you get thwarted and you feel uncomfortable and it doesn't really come out, just let it sit and be really proud of the fact that you got that 2.0. That 2.0 is the thing that really will resonate within you. But if you want the real magic, if you want the real thing that sort of makes things happen at the worst times and at the toughest times, you really want that statement of purpose to come down to a sentence. I recently, as I said, did a statement of purpose relating to my whole life, and it's come down to two words, strictly two words. And those two words, I'm not going to tell you what they are. They're mine. They're my own power. But they're, they're nonsensical to many other people. But to me, 
I know exactly what they mean and they create a space for me that I know that anytime I'm in a time of trouble, anytime I'm in a spot where I'm feeling uncomfortable or scared, or I think that the ground underneath me is moving, I can say those two words and it's like a magic spell that allows me to remember what I really am and what I'm really about. That's what we're looking for from this statement of purpose from running is that when you're in that tough spot, mile 20, mile 21, mile 22 in a marathon, when you're 800 meters or 1200 meters out in a really hard fought 5,000 meter race, when the shit is hitting the fan and you are wondering whether you can make it through, you want a distillation of this why. You'll probably feel it in your gut already, but you want words to say. They're really magical and they're really, really valuable. So now what do you do? You got statement of purpose 2.0, statement of purpose 3.0. Here's the thing. You want to plant the seed of this statement of purpose in the fertile ground of your day-to-day activity, okay? You want to see how it grows, how it impacts the rest of your life, and how it's a very positive and useful way to experience life. That's why we did this project. But, okay, I did all this time, spent these months working on this, first a a brainstorming activity, then a letter to running, and then the statement of purpose. What the fuck? Like, what am I doing with it? Well, now it's time to live it. So you created the statement. The way that you live it is I want you to do a daily, weekly, and monthly check-ins with your purpose. This is where the rubber meets the road and where you can take the statement of purpose in this activity to really work through the rest of your life. So daily, so just set a timer on your phone or your watch so that you've got a time each day that you're committed to looking back at your statement of purpose. Every day, okay? Do this consistently, say two weeks, three weeks. If you do it consistently, you'll eventually have it memorized. Just take that piece of paper, write it down, or type it out. Put it in your pocket or in your wallet or in your purse. Set it in your car. Put it on your computer. Have it in a docu- Have it written on your computer where it will pop up as a reminder. Whatever you need to do to see those words, to read them. Even more impactfully, read them aloud. Hear them. If you want to, you could record them into your phone. And that as that time comes up for you as your, as your clock goes off to remind you to do it, you could press play on a note press play on, a, on an MP3 document. However, your phone will create these, these um, ways to listen to your own voice talk, and you can hear yourself talk about what it is that matters to you. If you do this, then this statement of purpose will evolve and morph and change just like your life changes. It'll become a living document. It'll be one that informs, sustains, even inspires you, I mean, it's, it's truly magical. And I think it'll help you become your best self. And I think the real thing that is super valuable about the daily practice of this is you're not going to be able to deny, if you really have a great statement of purpose to your running, you're not going to be able to deny the inherent value of running to your life. It's going to be there. It's going to be real, concrete, utilitarian and motivating. So do it daily, all right? And then weekly, you should be doing some kind of weekly reflection in your training generally. The athletes that I coach, I ask them to send me a weekly, just a 
a reiteration of what they've done. Now, many of them want to send me their Strava or they'll send me their Garmin details. That's fine and dandy. I'm a great, I'm a coach. I know what I'm doing. I can look at their numbers and tell that they're running too fast, too slow, blah, blah, blah. But I don't really give a shit. Well, I do give a shit that they're doing well with their training, but that's not what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for is what's happening emotionally. What are they feeling about the work that they did? What's happening in their lives that's challenging them? So doing this kind of weekly reflection for yourself each week, it allows you to check in not only to what's going on in your physical training, but it's also letting you reflect on all the other spots that are important. This is, as I said, it's emotional, psychological, bioenergetic. What's going on inside your body? What's happening while you're experiencing your training? So if you're doing this weekly reflection, this is a perfect time for you to detail more specifically how your running purpose served you that week. So ask yourself with that, what did my running purpose do for me this week? Was there a moment in a workout? Was there, you didn't want to get out of bed that morning and you remembered your statement of purpose, your running purpose, and it allowed you to get out of bed that morning when it was 28 degrees and a howling wind and you didn't want to go do your run. It will not only feed your running, but it'll also deepen the value and the experience of that statement of purpose. I like to say that your statement of purpose is basically a mission statement for your running. And the consistency of you being aligned with your own purpose will significantly improve your training at all levels. It'll improve what's going on in the weight room. It'll improve what's going on with your specific easy, with your easy runs, with your quality work, with your long runs. It just will, it will start to morph into everything. Okay, so we've talked about daily and weekly. Finally, monthly. Now, this is one that I think probably many of you may not take this step, but I think this step could be as important as writing the statement of purpose itself. Each month, I suggest you carve out between 30 minutes and an hour to take your statement of purpose, that written document, and the four weekly reflections that you did with your training lo- from your training log and read them. So this is a monthly check-in 12 times a year where you're looking back on that, 12 we- that four weeks and saying, what happened? What happened in my re- reflections and what played out when I talked about how my running purpose served me during that? So then start again with the mind mapping brainstorming process that started the whole thing to begin with and start all over again. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about redundancy, ridiculousness, vulnerability. Just take a deep breath and start the process over again. Just from a standpoint of brainstorming. This is not creating a new statement of purpose. It's just looking over when you, it's just going through and having free association, creative, creative space, staying in touch with the things that happened, but also where you want it to be. And you can actually take that and create another mind map. And you want to take that mind map and look over it and look at it and consider it in relationship to your, your statement of purpose. How has it evolved or changed? Are there ways for you to get deeper? Are there ways for that that you need to fold new things into this purpose? Has things cha- have things changed? Has something happened in a race and maybe a mantra that worked for you really well? Is there any new languaging? 
or images that you've experienced that can really kind of deepen the experience of your running purpose and make it worth more to you day to day. So what this actual last step of monthly reflection is saying, this is a living document. I am living with it. And watch how it morphs. Watch how it changes. So you've taken all this time to create this statement of purpose. If it's not useful to you, if you're not using on a daily, weekly, and monthly perspective, then why do it? And I agree. If you're not going to take the time and energy to go through these other steps, then don't waste your time with this whole process because it needs you to live through it. And if you've effectively written a statement of purpose, you'll want to do this. You'll want to check in with it. You'll want to see where it is and how it's playing out in your day-to-day life. Okay, so hopefully you all will take the time and energy, work on your statements of purpose, work on doing your brainstorming, your letter to running, and then the the three different statement of purpose versions, 1.0, 2.0, and 3.0. I've spent a lot of time since I first began to articulate discussing statements of purpose, and I struggled mightily with what I felt like would be useful. And um, everyone that knows me knows I love poetry, I love magic, and I love the woo. I love hanging out and experiencing space that makes me go into other modes of thought. But I also know that if you don't have a statement of purpose that works, then it doesn't do a damn bit of good for you. And it's taken me this long, probably three or four years, to really feel like we've gotten down to what a real statement of purpose should be and how you should look at it. But I have some additional thoughts since I am uh, the Prince of Wu. I want to talk a little bit about poetry and magic, um, just quickly. Um, It's my view that poetry and magic are inherent in all activities in our lives, and this includes running. And I really, really cannot argue enough for you to balance the time that you're spending looking at your training from a a results-based perspective from what it looks like on your training calendars and in what you did from a training perspective and how it played out in your training. I want to remind you that the real poetry and magic of running happens just doing the act, just moving through space, and when we compete and test ourselves against ourselves and others. It's my opinion that the magic and poetry of running happen outside of those strictly formulaic, evidence-based, science-based, results-based spaces. Not that I'm denying the importance and necessity of them. I'm not. I'm just asking you to consider where poetry and magic sit in the context of your running and how they can provide a real and sustainable level of meaning in your life. Another point I want to make is don't be afraid of the imaginal realm. So what is the imaginal realm? Well, the imaginal realm is the place where logic and order are less of an operating system. I like to say it's a little beauty and chaos. And I think this beauty and chaos are critical and necessary components of life and that we frequently are overlooking them or diminishing their value in our society. 
They're the stories that your parents read to you when you were a kid. It's the myth that you're playing along with in the story of your life that you're telling, whether you recognize it or not. And it's recognizing within that myth and that story that you're telling of your everyday life that it can mingle with other great runners. It can mingle with some dream you've had all of your life of doing from a running perspective. It can mingle with the things that give you meaning outside of it, maybe a movie you saw or an image you had um, in a dream. And it's opening up and being willing to allow your purpose to flex into and to flow into other parts of your life. It allows your running to deepen and grow to the point where it can infuse into everything. And I think having the ability to look at what you might call imaginary or fantasy or um, the or not real, as some people might say, don't be afraid of that in your running. I think there's a lot to be a lot to be lent to dreaming while you're moving through space. And if I can artic if I can argue for that, I'm doing it now. I really think it's great for you to consider what your dream space would could be within the run. If you do this, then you'll start you'll begin to live your life and begin to live your running through your purpose instead of through expectations or requirements or results or deadlines. I think you'll begin to start to you'll begin to start to express your deepest and most authentic self through this sport. Now isn't that magic? Isn't that what it's all about? It's certainly the term and the way that I like to think of the term magic. So if you're interested in being guided through this process of finding your running purpose, I can help. I've just begun starting to do this with people. So if you are interested in going through the steps necessary to create a statement of purpose, um, you can check me out at telosrunning.com backslash purpose dash guides. Or you can go onto the website and there's a link there that you can find and drop down for um helping you with this process. So if anybody's interested in that, I'm here to help. Um, but this is stuff you can do yourself. This is something you can do and you need to take the time to do and would be extremely valuable in the long term to your running life and honestly, in my opinion, to the rest of your life in general.